Well, good morning, everyone. My name's um, Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at King's Church Hastings, and uh, it's my privilege to lead the team. I'm going to be speaking this morning out of 1 Samuel, chapter 14, and we're going to be looking at an excellent, excellent story about a man called Jonathan and a young man called, well, a young man, we actually don't know what he was called, but he was Jonathan's armour-bearer. And so in a few moments we're going to turn to that and uh, read that account. But before I do that, I've got the great joy of welcoming some people into membership of this church. And I like doing this. Now, before, before I start by introducing you, um, I'll just ask you to indulge me for a few moments because I want to tell you how great the church is that you're joining. Because you've got a lot to live up to. We've been going about 35 years, way before I came on the scene. And the church has always been, if I can be so bold as to say it, at the forefront of what God's doing. I know that's a big claim, but I think that's the case of how it's been. About 20 years ago, the church built, built this building. No, they purchased this building. And we were one of the first churches, or you were one of the first churches to do that in New Frontiers, to buy something of this size because God had placed a vision on your hearts to do something big for him. Not only did you buy a building, but actually over the years you've also sent your best away. Actually there's many of the best still here just to you know, build you up, but actually you've often sent your best away and because you've been generous in sending your best, thousands have been blessed on the back of it. Thousands have, right around the world. Some have gone and have blessed thousands individually. Others have gone and blessed maybe just a dozen, like Lawrence and Christine Stroud in the south of France. I heard only a couple of days ago what an immense blessing they are there. Foundations. In the church. But you are an excellent church. Did you know as well that you're well known across the nation? Do you know other churches in other towns have heard about you and want to follow the example of your faith and your generosity? When Terry Virgo was with us a couple of weeks ago, if you followed on Facebook, you'll notice that... um, he, he mentioned about that we're about to send our fifth elder to be involved in leading in another church. And he put down there just what an example that was for others to follow. And we know it, it, it comes at a cost. And then that's not to mention the thousands of lives we've touched in this town the families that have been changed. Many of you are here because you heard the Gospel. You spoke to someone from this church and they drew you in. And you understood the goodness and the grace of God and, and, and you're here because of that. 
Others have come and since moved on to other towns or other nations. Some have sadly come and they've gone again. They've gone again. But there's no doubt that you have blessed many people through what you've done. And the thing is as well, it's not just a whim. It's not just been the last six months or the last couple of years. You've been doing it for 30 years. You've been at the forefront of what God has had for us. And then more recently, I've been so encouraged by your active faith when it comes to community groups. Do you know that the three groups we launched last year, they've only been going probably about a term, have had contact with over... Well, no, actually, it's not over, is it, Natalie? It's exactly a hundred people that don't know Jesus. So they've either visited something that the community group is doing or the community group has gone out to serve them. That's a hundred people in a few weeks, just three groups. And why why is that possible? Because you guys have just got stuck in and said, hey, if God's in this, count me in. I want to be part of it. Do you know how much money you gave in gift days alone last year? Just gift days. That's on top of your regular giving. You gave, you gave over £110,000. Last year alone. Do you know God's done... I hope you feel good. Because you should... And there was something else, I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> Sorry guys, you, you who are about to join. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but you, you are an outstanding church. Built on faith that it can be done. Built on giving that he will provide. Built on serving by his strength. That's who you are. Now, apologies if you're a visitor, because you may feel, cool, he's a bit gushing, so apologies for that, because I probably have been a bit gushing, but it is true. It is true. And in Hastings, we don't speak often enough of God's goodness and his mercy. And you are a cracking church. Really are. And it's my real privilege to welcome into membership, Otto, where are you? Will you stand, please? And Tony and Lee, can you stand as well? And Graham and Melissa, can you stand as well? Let's give them a round of applause. It's it's great to have you guys joining us because there's much to be done in this town and further afield, and we're just looking forward to you getting stuck in and using all the gifts and talents God has given you to make a difference in this church and in this town. Rob's not here. Is Rob here? No? Okay. We'll we'll welcome Rob into membership on another morning. Guys, can you, if you're near them, just stand up, because they're feeling a bit exposed at the moment, stood just there. So, if you're a member of this church and you're near them, can you stand up? 
that would be great. That's it, David and Jenny, you stand and gather around. Jonathan and Susie, could you stand as well? Make sure there's a little crowd just around them. And we're going to lay hands. We're just going to pray, church, for God's blessing and goodness upon them. Will you, will you join me in doing that? Yes. Come on, guys, will you join me in doing that? Yes. Excellent. So everyone on your feet, turn around. Let's just pray for God's favour and blessing upon them. Lord, we thank you for your favour, Lord. I thank you for these dear couples. We pray, would you bless them as they join us. Would you be with them, Lord, as they join us, I pray. I just, I just, sorry, let me just say, let's all raise our voices. If you're a Christian here, let's raise our voices. Let's raise our voice, raise the roof, just bless them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Otto, Tony and Lee, Graham and Melissa, whatever their names, let's pray for them. Lord Jesus, thank you for Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for adding them into the church. Still can't hear you guys. Come on, let's pray. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you yeah. for Tony and Lee. Thank you for working their lives. They're so good. For Graham and Melissa. Father, we thank you for the church. We pray for Graham and Melissa, for Otto, for Tony and Lee. Lord, we thank you for leading them to this church, to be part of this family. I want to pray, Father, that they would know you more and more every day. I want to pray, Father, that uh, their families around them, or the media <coughs> wider, would see the work of God in their lives and be blessed by them. And I want to pray also that they would have great friends in this church, Father, that they would be able to pour out their hearts and pray together with others. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Let's take our seats. Now the plan for this morning is to look at where we're going as a church over the next 12 to 24 months. In a sense, we're turning the page in the book of the church. We're turning to the next chapter and we're saying, what has God got in store for us? It's not a new book, it's not a new start, it's just enough, it's the next chapter in the rich history of who we are as a church. And so, my, my plan this morning is to sort of share the four main areas that we're going to be focusing on over the coming months, and then we're going to look at this story of Jonathan and his armour-bearer, and see how it all ties together. So the title of what I'm preaching on this morning is Perhaps God Will Act For Us. Perhaps God Will Act For Us. And we pick up the story in 1 chapter 14 at verse 6. Now actually I'm going to read a bit of verse 1 then we're going to go to verse 6. Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Mishmash. (laughs) One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armour, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And then down to verse 6. Jonathan said to his young armour bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do do all you have in mind, his armour bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, Come then, we will cross over towards the men and let them see us. 
If they say to us, wait there until we welcome, uh, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armour bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his his armour bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Some of you may feel that's a little optimistic. That's something, you know, they've said come up, they've given, you know, they've given, you know, God has given them into our hands. When you consider, by the way, that Israel only had two swords, the whole of Israel only had two swords, in this little army of two people there was only one sword and Jonathan had it. And so when the armour bearer says, I'm with you heart and soul, I don't know what he's going to fight with. It's sort of, I'll, I'll just come and support you. I'll be one of your cheerleaders at the top when you're fighting. So Jonathan said to his armour bearer, climb up after me, the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armour bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armour bearer, sorry, Jonathan, and his armour bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armour bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and field and those in the outposts and raiding parties and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I ask as as I look to communicate it, I pray would you anoint and help me this morning. I pray, Lord God, that we would see and hear the things that you've got for us and that it would be under the anointing and the unction of your spirit. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent. As a church, we've got four key priorities. They're things that I've mentioned in the past, um, but I want to highlight some different things to you out of them as we look at them. And the first thing that is a priority for us as a church is to raise leadership. Raising leadership is a key priority for us as a church. It's obviously been uh, uh, sharpened in our focus with our, our dear friends Matt and Helen moving on. And what I would ask for you to do is to please pray with us, pray regularly that God will raise up elders in this church. That over the course of this year, a plurality of eldership will emerge in the church. When Matt goes, it will leave um, myself on my own. Now we know from the Bible that's that's not the best, that there should be a plurality. And so we need to pray that what is clear from God's word that a plurality is right emerges. We're not going to rush, we're not going to panic, but we do need to see it emerge. And so will you join me in praying for that over the course of this year? Good. I'm pleased some of you will. 
So we're looking internally, we're looking within the church for elders to be raised up and we've also got our eyes open externally to see if there are other men outside that could come and join us in the great task that God has got for us. But included in raising leadership, we're also looking to appoint pastoral deacons. Um, Thank you so much. If you have given us your thoughts in this area, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And so thank you for doing that and we will, um, we, we're just sort of taking that forward now. We've, um, we're just arranging to meet with the guys and we will be meeting and praying and talking about what is involved. Another key focus for this year is the whole area of community groups. And as I've already mentioned, I'm so thrilled with the progress we've already made. We've now launched six community groups. We've got about another four in the pipeline and if you're wondering what could be coming... Um, I thought I had it written down, but I don't. (laughs) So let me try and remember. We've got a group that possibly could launch into the St Leonard's area. We've got a group that could launch among our retired folk. We've got a group that could launch in our students. And we have a group that could launch for Alpha. And so any one of those, if they're of interest, but we've also got six groups already um, running. If you are not yet engaged in a community group, please throw yourself into it. We're going to treat you as adults. We're not going to make you go. You know, it's not like mum and dad making you go to school because you're adults. But we encourage you not to hold back but to throw yourselves into it. You will find grace as you do that. And so, get stuck in community groups. And then thirdly, another key area for us is Sunday mornings. You see, when we gather together like this, this is a great opportunity for us to get on the same page to make sure we're heading in the same direction. Looking at the vision that God's putting in front of us and saying, right, are we all going in the same direction? It's also a great opportunity for people like Terry Virgo or Adrian Holloway to come in and preach. We won't won't get them in a small setting, but when there's three or four hundred of us gathered, we can We do. And the other thing that I thought as I was preparing for this, the other great thing with Sunday mornings is the diversity that's here. You see, if you look at the community groups that we've already launched, we've got Bexhill right into the far-flung regions of the West. (laughs) But we've got Downs Farm in the far-flung regions of the East. We were out, myself and Close and the boys were with um, the Fresh community group yesterday going for a muddy walk and it was very muddy. It was also great fun. So they're looking to reach families. But we're also looking to start a community group to reach the elderly. We've got groups that are looking to go and reach overseas students. So in the community groups there's great diversity but it's on a Sunday morning as we come together that we experience and we express that diversity in a way that we cannot do in a smaller setting. Do you see that? It's key that we come together. And the other thing is we get to worship and encounter God with great musicianship, with good sound, hopefully, in a setting where there are hundreds of us gathered together in a way that, again, you cannot do in a small setting. That's a privilege, isn't it? And so Sunday mornings are so, so key. But the last area that is of focus to us over the coming years, and it has been over the last 12 months, is this building here. 
For many years we've discussed how to best use this building and I know we've shared various plans. And as I stand here this morning, I wonder if in God's sovereignty maybe it was right that although the plans had merit, that the timing might have been wrong. But we have a sense as a team now that the timing is right for us to push on with the building into the next things that God has got for us. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. We wonder if God is saying now, and I'm going to share the reasons why in a moment, that God is prompting us and drawing us forwards into his purposes with this building. And you may say, well, why? Because it's pretty comfortable. You know, it's functional. It sort of does what we want it to do. Why, why is it we want to invest into the building? And there's a number of reasons. The first reason is this, is because Hastings needs reaching with the gospel. And I believe this building isn't working hard enough for us in doing that. I believe this facility could be used a lot more to open up people who don't yet know Jesus to the Gospel. Do you agree? So if you come up here during the week and Tracy and her team do an amazing job, um, but it's, you know, we have different events and conferences and things like that, but actually, still largely, this building is empty during the week. It shouldn't be empty during the week. And I wonder if this is one of the best assets that God has given us. Actually, you're the best asset. But the building is a great asset that God has given us and we're not making, we're not making the best of it when it comes to reaching those that do not yet know Jesus Christ. I think, secondly, this building needs to fit us as a church. It needs to fit the shape that we are and the shape that we're going to become. Now, I have certainly noticed, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who has noticed, how much difference building a simple wall has made to our meetings on a Sunday morning. Have you noticed? It's made a difference. And we need to have a building that increasingly fits the shape that the church is and is going to become in the future. And so, for instance, our Megamix and Wrigglers teams do an outstanding job with our children. But actually, it would be quite nice to have slightly more age groups than we've got at the moment, to narrow them down a little bit. Well, we've just not got the opportunity to do that because we don't have the space. Our young people, our 11 to 14s, go out every other week and they squeeze into the rainbow room. And so actually, the building is great and it's a great blessing and it better fits us now, but there's still more that can be done for it to fit where we're going and who we're to become as a church. And the last reason, or the last why for me, is because if I'd stood up here this time last year and been doing a talk a little bit like this, shall I tell you what I'd have said to you? This was the master plan. We're going to hang some drapes from that column there to that column there and we're going to do the same on the other side because we knew that the auditorium was too big 
and we thought that was the simplest way of reducing the size. We had no expectation that God would provide in the way that he has provided over the last 12 months. We had no expectation that we were going to get a gift which we, which we received of £72,000 last year on top of the 110 that we got in gift days. We, it just wasn't there. My faith was like very little. But praise God, he can use a mustard seed of faith and move mighty mountains. And so I have a sense, as I look at everything we've managed to achieve together, that God has got much more for us. And although there are many things out there that says this is completely the wrong time, I know that our God loves to prove economic climates wrong and circumstances that are stacked against us wrong. One man with a sword and his armour bearer without so much as a toothpick in his hand scramble their way to a top of a hill and manage to get rid of 20 fully armed, well-trained Philistines in the first attack. Circumstances were massively stacked against Jonathan and his armour bearer, but what shaped Jonathan wasn't the circumstances, but perhaps God will act on our behalf. Because nothing can hinder God from saving, whether by many or by... Because we serve a great God. I wasn't planning to say any of that, but still. What is it we're looking to do? Well, what what we're looking to do is, firstly, we need to move the entrance. At the moment, it would be nice to walk into this building and feel you haven't walked through the back door. It's quite small and pokey. Often, people come through and say, wow, we didn't realise there was such a place here. And so we need to move the entrance. We also need more breakout rooms as well, more space for children and more space on Sunday mornings. And I think as well as I look around where, like, where people like to get a cup of coffee, where people like to relax and spend their time, there seems to be a definite look or feel to venues that are working these days. And I think we need to put in something like a coffee shop that works and, and really completely reflects what's done everywhere else. We won't try anything new, we won't try and do anything flash or anything like that. We will just copy what they do because it works and people feel comfortable. And this building's neutral. We just want people to feel comfortable in this setting. We want them to feel comfortable as they sit on our chairs, which, by the way, is still in hand. You won't believe how many chairs I've sat on. But the money is safe and sound and we we are still going to get chairs. But we want people to feel comfortable here and just comfortable with the building. The last thing we want is people to walk into a space that just feels odd and weird. We want it to be normal. It's neutral. It should work in our favour, not work against us. What's the timing in all of this? And then I'd better have a quick look at the passage. Um, What's the timing in all this? With the building, we we, we want to look at this as a two-year project. So by the end of 2012, we want to have it done. Which means that this year, we're going to do an awful lot of praying, an awful lot of planning, an awful lot of preparing, 
and an awful lot looking to God and saying, God, will you please provide? Next year, sometime between January and June, we want to have builders coming, on, coming onto site and transforming what we now call Hall 2 into what it will become. And the reason I'm sharing this so early is because I want to ask you to pray and stand with us. The details are quite sketchy at the moment, I'm aware of that, but I thought it would be better to say what we know now and we can share more as we move on and as we take things forward. So this year, we will probably, sometime around September or October, have a number of weeks where we we ask for you to generously give for this. We'll ask you to look at your budgets and say, can I change how I spend my money? Do I have equity that I can free up? This This is a big ask. This is a step up from anything we've probably done in the last 10 years. We're going out on a bit of a limb and saying, God, will you please provide? But it's probably about time we had an adventure. And whether it's community groups or praying for the sick on Sunday mornings or raising leaders or taking the building forward, it's good that we push into the purposes of God because perhaps God is with us in this. Jonathan had no right to undertake this exploit circumstances and resources were stacked against him but something triggered in his heart to say perhaps God will do something amazing on behalf of his chosen people and we need to be in the, in the past church we have been such a people we need to increasingly be a people who live life with that perhaps on our lips and in our hearts maybe God will act for us Three points, very quick points I want to make out of this passage. First one is this, perhaps needs leadership. Jonathan said to his young armour bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Jonathan had a perhaps in his heart, but it didn't just stay in his heart, he verbalised it and he got going. It's one thing to see where God is calling you to go, it's another thing to see it and then start putting things into operation to make it come about. So if we took Lynn as a good example of this, a few years ago, or probably three or four years ago, Lynn wondered if God was calling her to the Middle East. And so she started praying and probably started saving and preparing and talking to see maybe God is in this. But there was a moment when the the thinking in her heart had to change to action. Booking flights, finishing with her job, looking for accommodation in Yemen, exploring the possibilities, and in the end she went. This perhaps only comes to fulfilment, only bears fruit, if it goes from something that's in our hearts into action, into stepping out, into taking faith risks for God. And with Jonathan, that is exactly what happened. Jonathan wouldn't settle for how things were. They weren't right. God had promised more than they were experiencing at the time and, he ex- and God expected more from a king and his son. An amazing victory was won because a leader made a stand and actually Jonathan in the first place only had one person following. Do you know what I mean? 
What is it they say about leaders? Leaders have people following. Well, Jonathan only had one. But he had someone following. And in this season, whether it's community groups or looking for elders to emerge, leadership is a key thing. I commend you who've gone out in front with the community groups. But there are some dormant leaders here and you should be leading and you're not. You should be at the front and you're not. We need you to stir the leadership gift that is within you to take your stand and you know when you're doing it because you're bearing weight and it feels uncomfortable. We need leaders to stand. Some of you should be elders. You should be elders. You need to start taking the responsibility that God gives you and look for the grace of God upon you. We need leaders. For some of you, over this coming year, you're going to need to lead in your households. You're going to need to sit down around the kitchen table and say, we know God is in this, but at the moment our finances are stretched to the limit. We cannot afford to do it, but you need to lead. You need to open it up, look at it and pray and say, God, what what are you giving me faith for here? Leadership is needed. Not just one or two, but tens and twenties and thirties and hundreds of leaders right across this church. But also we see that the perhaps leads to faith and action. It's so easy to agree with this statement. If I said to you, do you agree with this statement, that God can save by many or by few? Can God save by many or by few? Put your hands up nice and high, I really want to see it, because then I can really look into the whites of your eyes with my next point. Okay, excellent. Would you agree if you were the armour bearer? He said it, didn't he? He said it's the armour bearer. He said, God can save by many or by few. Come on, Dave, let's take these Philistines on. There's a whole outpost on top of this hill. We're right down the bottom of a ravine. The only way up to the top of this hill was on your hands, your, your, your hands and feet scrambling up the side of this ravine. It's one thing to put your hand up and say, I believe, yeah, I believe God can do it. Of course we do. Are you coming? Oh, I haven't got a sword. I'd come if I had a sword, but there's only two. And your dad's not going to lend me his, is he? Hey, I'd best stay at the bottom. (laughs) Faith leads to action. The perhaps leads to faith and action. Perhaps is a faith word. It may only be the size of a mustard seed, but mighty mountains can be moved by it. Perhaps leaves the door open for God to turn up. Are you, have you got perhaps in your heart God can act on our behalf? We also notice that faith is a messy, difficult, tiring, dangerous and a not very glamorous thing. 
Jonathan climbed up the side of the ravine using his hands and feet. I don't know what he was thinking he would do when he got to the top because it's not easy to scramble with a sword in your hand, is it? You, you can't... And you know the Philistines, there's no, there's no room for surprise. The Philistines have already given him an invitation to climb up. So they're just waiting. Come on, up you come. And it's interesting as well that not everyone responded like Jonathan. I wonder if Saul had had that perhaps in his heart. The Bible doesn't say if he had or he hadn't. All we know about Saul is that he was sat under a pomegranate tree. He was just sat under a pomegranate tree. While Israel burned, while Israel was being pillaged and sacked, while its women were being raped, Saul sat under a pomegranate tree with his 600 men. It's said that they sent out raiding parties. Raiding parties of armed men didn't go for afternoon tea. They weren't doing their Christmas shopping. They were ransacking Israel and he sat under a pomegranate tree. I don't know why. Maybe fear got the better of him. Maybe he was just overwhelmed by the enormity of the challenge he faced. I mean, I don't blame him. Earlier, earlier the Philistines drew up for battle and it said they had 3,000 chariots, that's like a big tank in modern day warfare, and they had soldiers as numerous as sand on the seashore. So I don't blame Saul for not acting in some ways. Maybe he abdicated responsibility. He said, hey, come on, there's a lot of people in Israel. I'm sure someone else will stand up and take the fight. I'm sure someone else can take my place and do it. I didn't really want to be king anyway. And I think at moments like this in church life, you get the opportunity to either be a Jonathan or a Saul. You get the opportunity to either throw yourself in and say, I don't quite know what we're going to do when we get to the top of this ravine, but I'm with God's people. I want to see this town change, so I'm going to throw myself into it anyway. I want to be part of the, the solution, not part of the problem. I don't want to be just someone who sits there and says, well, you know, we have got a lot of problems, Israel. All those Philistines getting us, and I don't know how we you know, there's, there's, there's 3,000 chariots. I mean, what are you going to do with 3,000 chariots? And and 6,000 charioteers and um, um, soldiers as numerous as sand on the seashore and they've got all the high ground and hey, you know, what, what, what can we do? We, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, what, what can I do? Because you can, you can have that sort of attitude in church life too. I just watch. I just sit under my pomegranate tree. Just see. Oh look, they're, they're having a gut. They don't want to climb up the ravine that way. Oh dear, they climb up the ravine that way. Look, 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 all the Philistines are at the top. What are they doing climbing up the ravine that way? It's so easy to comment and to see. In the past, we've done so much for God because we haven't been people that have sat and watched under a pomegranate tree. Because we're people that got up off our bottoms and we stood up and we took things forward. Individuals just like you gave sacrificially. Led when it hurt. 
served faithfully. And I know many of you do today. But there are many who aren't yet in the battle. You're just watching to see how it will go. Throw yourself in. Throw yourself in to what God is calling us to do. And then lastly, perhaps we can do more together than we can apart. Jonathan wasn't on his own. He started with an army of two, but it didn't finish there. Then Saul and all his men assembled and went to the battle. They found the Philistines in complete confusion, striking each other with their swords. And then a little bit later it says, when all the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. So the Lord rescued that day, rescued Israel that day, and the battle moved on beyond Beth Avon. Although the battle started with only two, it finished with the complete army. Jonathan and his armour bearer couldn't have done it on their own. It took the whole army. It took the 600, it took Saul, it took those that were hiding to come out and fight. It's interesting as well that it just says that the battle moved on beyond Beth-Avon. The battle wasn't won, it wasn't that it was all over, it's just they'd taken ground, they'd defeated the enemy in an area and actually they then needed to move on and fight again. There was more to do and in a sense that's where we're at. We're not at the start of anything. We're just part of a long line of faithful witnesses that have already seen so many battles won for God in this town. And actually, in a couple of years' time, probably I will be standing up here saying, do you know what? We've got another mountain to take. We've got more that God has got for us. It won't be that this wins it. It's just another battle. It's more ground taken. It's more people saved. It's more people coming to know Jesus. It's more of Hastings coming to know that we're here and there is a God that passionately loves them, even if they're not that interested at the moment. It's just another step forward in what we're doing and after that, do you know what we'll be doing? We'll be taking another step after that. Because there's so much to be done. There's 70,000, 80,000 people in this dear town. There's 43,000 people in Bexhill. There is the surrounding towns and villages It's not that we're the complete answer, we're just part of it. There are other, many other good churches in this town, but we are part of it and we need to stand up and take our place. And that's where we're going over the next couple of years. It says in the first attack, Jonathan and his armour bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. But then panic struck the whole army. And it was a panic sent by God. You may ask the question, why did the panic not come first? If the panic had come first, it would have been so much easier for Jonathan and his armour bearer. Oh look, they're panicking, let's go up the hill. Oh look, God's already given us this great victory. Let's get in on the back of it. But it seems to me in the Bible anyway that God always looks for faith first. He always looks to see what his people will do first. And then he comes in on the back of it. And I don't know this time in a couple of years what God will have done for us, 
But I do know that God is good and I do know that God is faithful and I do know that God is the one who saves and God is our provider and God is our great rock. And so I reckon we can step out on a perhaps with confidence knowing that our God has never let us down in the past and I'm sure he won't let us down in the future either. Amen? Let's stand and we'll pray. Lord, I I thank you that uh, Jonathan is just one hero of the faith. But I thank you so much for that story being there. Thank you for what a provocation it's been to me over the last month. Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful for this church. So thankful for the privilege of serving this church. Lord, we, we, don't, we don't do these things lightly, Lord. We look to you. But we do say there's a perhaps in our heart. Perhaps God will act for us. Perhaps God will do something amazing and when we look back in 12 months we will be amazed at his favour and grace a, a little bit like I am today. Just as I look back over last year and see all that happened... Lord, I ask you, would you lead us on in your purposes and plans? Would you continue to reveal to us what you have got on your heart? Lord, I pray, would you provide all the resources we need as we move forward together? Whether it's leadership, whether it's an evangelistic anointing and an openness to the gospel as our community groups go out, whether it's the sick being healed as we pray for them, whether it's financial provision, as we push into what you've got for us with the building, we say, oh God, would you provide? We thank you, Lord, that we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, who spoke great promises over Israel and then brought them to be. I thank you, Lord, that we worship the God of Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ, who is God, sorry. But we thank you, Lord God, that that you, who have already given us so much by way of salvation and mercy and grace, Lord, how much more along with those things, will you not give us all things? Lord, and in a sense we say, Lord, we we think that some of these things are the all things you've got for us. Would you open doors? Would you provide? Give us favour with people. Lord, we feel we are on the edge of another push forward. We're on the edge of another adventure with you. And we say, oh God, would you go before us, we pray. Would you be our all in all? Would you provide all we need for the steps ahead, we ask. Oh Lord, we look to you with excitement, with expectation. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God who saves. We thank you that you are the God who is able. Amen. Excellent. We'll close it up there. We close it up there. Do stay. Enjoy having a coffee if you're visiting. 
get a coffee at the welcome area. Please ponder these things in your heart. Please look at 1 Samuel 14 and let faith rise in your heart as you apply it to the things I've been talking about. Have a great afternoon and I will see some of you this evening.